All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning, Smith. It's our last show together this year. It is. Today's, well, today's, yeah, you're off next week. It is, yeah. So today's my last show for the year. I'm taking a couple of weeks off, spend some time with my family. I Jody Vance in for a lot of fill-in here over the next couple of weeks, and I know you enjoy talking to her. I so. like being on with Jody. Yeah, so uh, so my last, uh, it's so my last Baldry's take, Beat, but not take, yours. If you want to take three weeks off, <laughs> oh, God, that's fine. Nice, Jody, nice. Can, Jody can sub in. Oh, thanks for that. Okay, um... <laughs> Right now, at this hour, we're expecting an imminent announcement here from the provincial government with Employment Minister Ravi Kalon expected to announce some assistance for businesses that have been shut down mm-hmm. because of the health order announced this week. So I know you got some intel on that. Let me play quickly play uh, a clip here for you. Todd Stone, Liberal MLA, ripping the government a new one here yesterday for the lack of support. Here's what he told me yesterday. This government seems to trip over its shoelaces every single uh, time we find ourselves in this place. Uh, They should have announced supports for small businesses uh, concurrent with uh, these latest health measures, period. If Ravi Callan doesn't stand up uh, at a podium uh, today or tomorrow, uh, uh, small businesses are likely going to have to wait till after Christmas, and and God forbid that if they have to wait any longer than that... Okay, so well, it sounds like he was listening to his interview. Todd got through to Ravi. Yeah, so as we speak, Ravi Collin is at a podium right now, and he's announcing a new grant program, $1,000 to $10,000 to businesses who have been ordered closed because of the new health order. And the amount of money they get is depending on how many employees they have. So we're talking gyms, fitness and adult uh, fitness centers, adult dance centers, including not-for-profit uh, facilities, bars and nightclubs. And those are places that have liquor primary uh, uh, liquor licenses. Yeah. Banquet halls, event venues, and lounges such as legions that can no longer that uh, can hold ev- no longer hold events, including not for profit facilities such as uh, legions. So again, it's based similar to similar programs, but it's one thousand dollars to ten thousand dollars, depending on how many employees they got, and they can start applying for this in January. Okay. So Royal Canadian Legion branches that run a bar are shut down. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Like, I actually got an email from a, a Legion guy yesterday saying, like, are we shut down? I think I think I got we a are. phone call from a Legion person <laughs> in the U.S. Yeah, well, they were shut down before, and because their liquor license isn't, it's, it's there's different licenses. And the reason pubs can stay open is pubs serve food, and that's a big component of their operations. It's, it, they've got a, a defined set menu. It's not just a couple of snacks. You know, um, it's not meat draws. Yeah, it's an actual menu, so pubs can can stay open, and and uh, and that's why bars close, and that's why unfortunately lesions are included in that. What is the distinction with serving food? Is that because like people are more likely to sit at their table and not move around, spread COVID? Is that the well, rationale? One of the rationales around is food is considered an essential service. Mm. Uh, li- liquor but booze is not. Liquor is not, but the food is. Okay, because, you know, I've talked to some bar owners. I mean, I spoke to a bar owner on yesterday's show saying, like, how come they're shutting me down just mm-hmm. because I don't have a, a kitchen? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the bar next, the pub next door is packed. Because the pub has food. Yeah. That's the distinction. That's been the distinction all along. Food is all, food, serving food is an essential service. Serving alcohol is not. Okay, we continue to hear, like, for businesses that are shut down, I mean, this is this is good news that there's more assistance. There was federal assistance announced yesterday. Provincial yeah, so this, this is on top of the today. this is on top of the federal assistance announced yesterday. Right. So what was it again? A thousand bucks for thousand to ten thousand dollars, depending wow. on the number of employees you have. It's a one-time grant. It's not going to be enough for a lot of businesses, obviously, but it's, you know it, it doesn't hurt. And this is on top of whatever assistance they can get from the federal uh, measures outlined yesterday. Right. And for employees who are laid off as a result of a of a shutdown or under an order, they're eligible for that 
federal three hundred dollars uh, grant three hundred dollars a week. Right, three hundred bucks a week. Yep. And businesses, what what the feds did yesterday, they lowered the thresholds of which businesses can start to apply for these these uh, uh, grants and subsidies um, for rent and wages. And so they've knocked the percentage down of your losses down to uh, I think from seventy five percent to twenty five percent, I believe for. For companies to get their wage and rent uh, subsidies, I, f- I feel sad for the businesses that have been shut down, especially because a lot of them have been going around in this merry-go-round for so long. You know, they've been shut down before, then they're reopened, and then mm-hmm. they get shut down again. And I thought Global News did a good job of covering that last night. Let me play a clip here for you, Keith. Your thoughts, Joe Scally, who owns a CrossFit gym in Metro Vancouver, his place has been shut down. He's not happy about it. Here's what he had to say. Someone told me this has been the number one thing saving their lives in terms of their mental impact. This facility, everything in their world has been crumbling, and this hour a day helped them push. We disagree with what's happening, uh, and I, 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 you know, looking back on the records, we've had 140,000 unique check-ins in this facility. Um, we've had zero cases of COVID. Okay, so he says 140,000 people have gone through his gym. No I did COVID. a I did a report back in April uh, about how Fraser Health Authority was shutting down all sorts of gyms and fitness centers because of outbreaks there. So he may be an anomaly or an outlier um, because the experience. If you go back, to Fraser Health Authority they no longer post it on their website. At least I can't find it. We're posting daily closures of businesses, and a lot of them were fitness centers because those are seen as places of high transmission. You've got people. Uh, heavy breathing, working out, uh, in, not in really large uh, areas. And I think this is more a preemptive strike because mm-hmm. Omicron is very transmissible. I heard your interview with Tr- Tracy Sherlock uh, just a while ago, just how quickly this can spread. And I think gyms, because of their track record in the past, were seen as places of, of high transmission that even though in, perhaps in recent days we haven't seen much, but with a new variant that's way more transmissible, I think this is seen as a public as a preemptive strike. Yeah, okay, way more transmissible, but way less in terms of the impact on people ending up in a hospital, right? Like when I was speaking to Tracy that short time ago who got who's COVID, she was describing extremely mild symptoms. So, so far, and a lot of people are getting that. Like it's not, we don't see the surge in hospitalizations, no. right? No, so, so interesting. In the last three days, just 21 people entered hospital. Yeah. Um, at a time we got 3,600 cases. Now, the, the cases reported every day, those are not people who go to hospital. There's a lag factor for hospitals. Hospitals usually end up getting far sicker about 7 to 10 days into your after uh, uh, first testing positive or first feeling your first symptoms. So it's still early days or whether or not hospitals will go up. Right now, the, the data is looking good. All right? right around the world, there's not a lot of uh, hospitalizations tied to Omicron. You're right. It seems to be milder, but... It's early days. We need more weeks of data to draw firm conclusions. But right now, 21 people over the last three days, first three days of December, before Omicron arrived, 42 people entered hospital. So the rate of hospitalization is actually going down in BC, and let's hope it continues. So why are we doing a lockdown then, or shutdowns? Because of what could happen. So this is to prevent the overwhelming of... of, If if you suddenly got 10,000, like today, Quebec is getting 9,000 Omicron cases. Quebec is or uh, Quebec yeah Quebec nine thousand Ontario fifty two hundred hospitalizations are going up in Ontario hmm. uh, they're not going up here and it's a, it's a, basically every time we shut down is to prevent something from happening and so with Omicron I mean fifteen hundred cases yesterday is just mind boggling but we're going to record two days two days in a row they set a new record yeah we'll probably right? set a new record today yeah and we'll probably set a new record tomorrow the silver lining if you can 
look hard enough to find one. And Bonnie Henry touched on this the other day, and you mentioned it yesterday too, was that if this variant of the virus becomes the dominant variant, more it's more contagious, but making people less sick so they don't end up in hospital. Mm-hmm. Does that represent a kind of a turning point into the new year where this yep. just becomes like an endemic thing that we just live with? Potentially, that's what everybody's yeah. looking for, that this turns into a, a variant that takes over from Delta. Delta disappears uh, and is gone. Delta's been killing people. Delta puts mm-hmm. people in hospital and ICUs. Our ICU numbers are going down. Uh, Omicron is becoming more and more dominant. Uh, the, as of Tuesday, or as the presentation on Tuesday, which I think based on Monday stats, it was about 50 to 55% of the cases and that number leapfrogged from 21% on Friday. So you just see it's doubling every two days. So it's going to yep. knock Delta out of the province within a matter of days. It's 70% of the cases in Vancouver Coastal, where, by the way, Omicron has, expl- has helped an explosion of cases on the North Shore. The number one hotspot in BC for COVID-19 in the week from December 12th to 18th was the North Shore, by far just an explosion of cases. Second was the Vancouver West End. Third was Vancouver West Side. At a time when those three places, on a typical day in October and November, were reporting 50 cases among them. Now they're reporting mm. a thousand cases a day wow. or a week. Okay, on another topic, real quick, and then we'll take a break and take some calls. So the NHL has now confirmed that professional hockey players, NHL players, will not be going to Beijing to compete in the Olympics, which is a drag. Um, but some players not agreeing with it. So let me play this here for you. this: Connor. Hell, Hellbuck, I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's a goalie with the Winnipeg Jets, and he was asked about this. And listen to what he says here. He, he says this is overkill. Have a listen. It's a little overkill. Um, you, know, you see leagues like the NFL who are, who are adapting and, I think, doing things right. Okay, so he says this is overkill by the NHL pulling out of the Olympics, shutting down play. Uh, the NHL well, is shut players. down right now. The NFL still playing. Uh, NHL right. players obviously disappointed. If, uh, they thought they had a chance to go to the Olympics. It's uh, understandable, but um, the NFL—they're playing, but their their players are dropping like flies. I mean, they've got—they're just so many stars are out. Uh, it's turned the league upside down. I think it's—it's uh, uh, it's not the same NFL that was there a few weeks ago. Do you think we should send Canadian junior teams to the Olympics to compete? That's what I saw. Don Cherry said that on Twitter yesterday. Said to send the junior team to compete. If Don Cherry said that, then I would think the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> That's my rule of thumb. <laughs> well, do you think we should send someone, send a team no, I, at all? Well, I'm down on the Olympics, anyways. I just think uh, the Olympics have, uh, are a sunset uh, uh, celebration. So uh, don't send anybody. Don't send any player, hockey players. If they're, if they're not going because of health reasons, then why would you put other people into a situation that it's not, it's not good for someone else's health, but it's good for their health? I think. Uh, they'd put them in a precarious position. Okay. I, think, I think going to China right now is, it was COVID and Omicron raging is kind of foolhardy. All right, welcome back. It's Baldry's Beat. Let's go right to your phone calls here. James calling from White Rock. Hi, James. Hi, thanks for taking my calls. Sure. Keith, I watched the in, the entire briefing the other day with Dr. Bonnie Henry, and Richard Zussman asked her a question that she completely sidestepped. He asked her whether or not the province had actually ordered enough rapid tests, uh, or if they didn't. Now, since we compare ourselves to Alberta all the time, how many rapid tests did Alberta get versus what British Columbia's got? Yeah, so yeah, so Alberta did order more, and Alberta's more invested in the rapid test approach. It's been clear since day one that BC public health officials don't invest as much importance in rapid tests as other provinces do. It varies from province to province. There's no one... Uh, set approach. Um, 
but again, she I wouldn't say she dodged the question, but she's not entirely clear. It's been not entirely clear to me, and we've been asking these questions for some time, why BC was so far behind in the queue to get take-home tests. And take-home tests even now are not part of the uh, big part of the 11 million tests that are arriving in January. So our te- rapid tests are still going to be ha- um, administered in far greater numbers in January, but there's not going to be a lot of those take-home tests. Well, Bonnie Henry was never enthusiastic about these rapid tests no. from the very beginning. I mean, we had long-term care homes months ago were saying, please give us these rapid tests, and she, she was opposed to it. She didn't trust their accuracy. But yeah. I think the accuracy's improved as technology improves. We're a long way from March 2020. Well, I think she was also saying, well, you know, can they give people a false sense of security? If you test, you get a false negative, and then they go out and spread COVID or whatever, but... Uh, you know, people want these tests now. Mm-hmm. Other provinces have got them. I think they, you know, I think they made a mistake in not ordering these tests. Certainly, the take-home tests. Yeah, I mean, people want these take-home tests. I mean, I got a buddy of mine whose son was exposed, and they were looking all over town to try and get a test. Couldn't get a rapid test. One of the clinics he went to was closed. I mean, the problem is, you know, people want these. Te- people want these tests. Uh, some people do. I'm only again. A lot, if you're a lot of people do. Well, well, that explains the lineups at uh, testing clinics. When you people are willing to sit for five hours in a line to uh, to get tested, which says there is a demand. David in North Vancouver. Hi. Hi. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I um I just got out of the line at uh, the North Van testing station. Actually, I got there at 7 o'clock. The facility opened at 8, just sharing my experience here. I was given an opportunity to get a rapid test, and I, I chose to go to stay in the line and get tested uh, uh, through the spit test. And I just got punted from the line, given a rapid test saying that a brand-new health order just got came down. If you're 65 and older or 5 and under, you qualify for the test. Otherwise, you got to take a rapid test. So. I was lying for three hours and 15 minutes and just got punted about eight minutes ago. How do you feel about that? Um, you know, it's, it's the person that sent me out of line, and it's not their call. Uh, yeah. If it speeds things up so everybody gets tested and the test is accurate, then that's okay. I'll go home and take the test and see what well, happens. I'll have to, we'll have to check that out. We'll check the public health order if it's uh, been posted yet. So yeah. 65 or over, are you still on the line there? I'm driving over, you can still stay in line. 65 or over, you can stay in line. Yeah. But, but if you're under 65, um, you're going to get a rapid test. You're handed a rapid test and asked to leave the line. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Okay, well, okay. check that out. Okay, well, thank you. And it sounds like, you know, they may be scrambling because of the demand at these test centers. It could be. So, I mean, there's, there's long lineups, it, certainly in Metro Vancouver, not long lineups here in the capital, uh, at least a couple of centers we checked out yesterday. But uh, certainly in Tri Cities, huge. I went by the can talked about the other day in Vancouver up that Canby Street one. You know, fifty cars. Let's squeeze in one more call. Nathan on the line in Delta. Hi, Nathan. Hey guys, how you doing this morning? I'm good. Go ahead. Um, I think we need to take a hard line with China. Um, treat them as an enemy state until uh, proven otherwise. Given the uh, the kidnapping of the two Michaels, which is like it's been said many times in this program, is nothing more than a prisoner exchange with the Huawei executive. Um, and the, the, the treating of their, their star tennis player, whose name eludes me at this point. But if we go back even further to where this really started of the military games, uh, the word military games in, it was actually held in Wuhan. Um, I, I think if we took a, a look at this in sort of a macro sense and had a prime minister that didn't uh, invite the Chinese military to Canada to train at CFP Petawawa, um, we need to start taking a much harder line with China so and you would, not so trust you would... that they... So you would say what? Do a total boycott of the Olympics, athletes included? 100%. Okay, thank 100%. you. Hundred percent. There, there's. I don't trust them. 
Thanks for the call. Well, as always, the political dimension every Olympic Games. Uh, this one is no less. But I noticed we were just talking. ESPN's moved a story saying the the Olympic team's going to be filled with uh, they're, they're thinking minor of, league players. Yeah, they're thinking of sending minor league players, amateur players, university, varsity hockey players to like China. A, we'll like see. A ni- 1960s Olympic. Yeah. Thanks.